Hello and welcome again to another episode of For The Journey, our uh, number four now we're up to um, with this, our, our podcast and live stream where we're talking to IP Fabrics partners and customers about how they're how they're faring up, I suppose, on the on the road to the self-driving network. That, that network automation uh, seems to drive us all these days. Um, today's guest needs no real introduction. If you've been following IP Fabrics' journey this year, um, it's kind of interwoven, in particular, with um, with today's guest. Um, Rich, I'll let you introduce yourself. Well, thank you very much, Darren. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh, allowing me to talk with you about uh, automation, federation, source of the truth, and all that. Uh, my name is Rich Martin. I'm the senior technical marketing engineer at Itential, which means when I'm not uh, demoing and doing webinars, I'm having conversations like this with partners, with, with prospects, with customers, and with our own teams um, to uh, continue. And I love this for the journey yeah. because we always see this as, a, as, a, as an automation journey. Um, and so what we do at Itential is we have a, a software platform that enables networking teams to build network automations um, because that's always the starting point. Um, and, and quite honestly, and you, and you know this, uh, the network domain needs more automation probably always. compared to a lot of the other um, technical domains in IT. Um, so that's really our starting point, but our view of automation really goes beyond that, but we got to start somewhere, right? It's about meeting where the customer, meeting them where they're at, right? At, the, at right. that particular time. No, that's a great point. I mean, the, the, you hear all this, this about network automation all the time at the moment, obviously it's a, it's a big buzz phrase. It's a thing that, that people are engaged with and, and it's captured the imagination, but it can only ever tell part of the story, isn't it? And, and so I guess that's, that's where we have the commonality, isn't it? It's about being able right. to say, this is part of the story. This is this is only part of what we're trying to achieve by through automation. It's really about improving operations more generally, I suppose, and, and automating not just the network itself, but other aspects as well. Absolutely, and that is a huge part of what we do. Is uh, we have to, you know, we have to meet the customer where they're at, and a lot of times um, they're focused on th their automation strategy, where they're at in their journey is focused on where it hurts the most, right? Yeah. So if we're talking to a networking team, they're looking at the backlog of changes, probably in the data center, but it could be all over the network. And it's like, well, what what can I do to automate all of these steps that, that I have to go through in order to make a change, right? Especially if it's CLI, right? Lots right. and lots of CLI changes. Um, that's a starting point. But really, you have to widen that and broaden that out. And so, uh, and, and that's walking them through that journey, right? Where does that data come from? So before you make a network change, that data has to come from somewhere and it's probably multiple somewheres, right? right. Um, and so what we do is we, we want to meet them where they're at, certainly do the, the network automation piece of it, uh, but kind of broaden out that view of automation because it is about automating the process, sure. you know, the whole operation, the end-to-end -end process. And with that, part of our platform is the ability to integrate with all of those uh, different systems, both network, you know, sources of truth, IT systems, ticketing systems, all of that, so that when they're ready in that journey to start broadening out, right? And there's always different phases. Let's start with the network change. Now let's gather some data. Let's do things like update tickets, you know, in ServiceNow or Jira or whatever it may be. And, and moving forward, building automations that are robust and intelligent that can actually do like post-check, pre-check, post-check processes. And as we're gonna talk about today, not only just generating data from different sources of truth, probably, right? But also ensuring before and after those changes that 
operationally, everything is in line. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah. what do you do when it's not in line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah all, all fantastic points. And, and I suppose it comes back to that that thing, doesn't it? Everyone says the first thing you do in, in when you're building automation is have a source of truth. But, but you've already alluded to the fact that actually a source of truth might be a step too far, right? We, we've all got systems already that we use operationally. We, we all have, as we're, as we're doing our network operations, we have our CMDBs, we have our, our ticketing systems and all of these things that have data that's useful to create automation, I suppose. So is it sensible then to try and use one source of truth or what, what's, what's your thinking on that? Well, uh, we're, you know, I think we think very pragmatically Source, you know, having a single source of truth, it's kind of like this, 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 this cycle that we've been going through. So if you, if we go back in time in our time machines to the days of the early days of, and I'm going to use this, this bad word, SDN, right? <laughs> because it's, it, you know, it promised, and I worked at another vendor <laughs> where we had uh, open flow in our hardware. Right. We had a hardware switch. We had open flow. We used something called open daylight. As right. a uh, as a controller. controller, and the promise yeah, yeah. was the promise was one controller to rule all of your networking, which is awesome because then I have a single brain that I can go to that knows about the configuration and the state of the whole network. Right? Well, what happened? It didn't really pan, pan out quite that way. There's a lot of challenges with scalability. Yeah. Um, some networks are completely different than other networks, right. and they can't be modeled the same way. And even look at today, right? If your network is now uh, partially in the cloud, right? Network teams doing net cloud networking, that's completely different than anything we've ever experienced. But before. you can you can say that about pretty much any network now, right? right? Because, yeah, because nowadays, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. There, there was that whole, I mean, look, you and I, we've been around a little while, right? Well, certainly I have. I'm speaking for myself now, <laughs> rather than you. So, but, I think I've already given seen, myself away on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we've we've seen, you know, we've seen networks develop from a single piece of wire in an office connecting, you know, yeah. a bunch of PCs in a server to a situation where all of a sudden you need a dozen servers rather than one. So you have a data center. Then you need a wide area network to connect all your multiple offices to that data center. Then you need, and so on and so on. And we've just, right. exponential growth of the use of IT has meant that we've just introduced complexity on complexity on complexity, right? Correct. As a result, I suppose that that that's where the problems start to occur with trying to bring a single view of, of everything together. Now, I'm 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 not talking myself out of this because IP Fabric it does have that ability to give you a single operational view of yeah. what's going on, but that's not what we're talking about at this stage. What we need to understand is that you've got multiple systems controlling certain parts of the network. Correct. And those are going to have the data that you need in order to deliver change and whatever into that into that network. Absolutely, absolutely. And so from you know from that the original root of of the idea of con, you know of controllers, you know we've seen the implementation in smaller domains, right? So if we look at SD WAN, like like you mentioned, there's a controller there. If we look at you know wireless, you know Wi-Fi network, enterprise Wi-Fi, there's controllers there. Even in the data center, you're deploying controllers. So these kind of controllers help to understand and and, and integrate with both so as a source of truth, but also as also as a as a way to help with the automation process, right? right? But really and truly, we're also seeing a lot of great tools, utilities, systems. Um, that helped the that help um, 
uh, network teams uh, create, you know, their own databases that are very specific to their types of network, right? You know, Netbox being a great example of right. that, right? Well, I was they, say, yeah. a, lot, a lot of our customers start off with like IP address management because that's kind of the top of top of uh, mind thing. Like we always need IP addresses. We always need to assign them. We need to have a, we need to step away from the spreadsheets. We need a place to manage them in one place. And this is a great, you know, this is a great tool. But the other side of that tool is, well, they have a lot of data center infrastructure management. It's very flexible. Yeah. You can go, you know, you can define uh, data center, you know, this row, this rack, this switch, this port, this VLAN, you know, this, this VXLAN configuration needs to talk to this server, right? Going all the way down to that, to that layer, yeah. which now gives down to, an down amazing to the source of truth. To the cables themselves, down to right? the cabling itself, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the trick is, the, if, if, if network automation for a lot of folks, especially on the networking, starts with making network changes, we want to help them understand well, your network changes has to have data. So in order to make a change on all of these controllers and things like that, or even directly to a device on, you know, via CLI, you have to have that data. That data has to come from somewhere. So how do we integrate those systems, grab that data, automate that piece of it, and now take you to that, to that step where you can validate the change, make the change, and then make sure, and this is the critical piece too, right? Make sure that the change does the thing we wanted it to do yeah. we, we yeah, intended yeah, yeah. it to do right and that's where we're talking about the state of the network the actual yeah. operational state and, and I, th I think it's important to make that distinction right because because ultimately you have this intended state right this 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 um data that's that's stored wherever it's stored like you say could be could be any number of systems or all in one it, it almost doesn't matter but be able to to gather that information to be to deploy based on that and then look to the network itself to turn around and say well actually you know do these match do you know are these are these something that that uh, has the has the intent the oh, i see we use the word intent so much but as is the outcome of the change does it match what the intent right. was for that change right. right that's that's for me is the thing and it's interesting because any one change, of course, has multiple tasks within that change, and each task has its own outcome. But there's an outcome of the overarching change as well, right? So, so you might pull data from different places for different parts of the change. Let's say, let's say you're making a change to it to um, add a new service into the network. What you may mm -hmm. decide is I want a, a port standing up on a particular VLAN with a particular IP address for a server to be attached to. I might want to. Uh, change a firewall rule so that that server is able to access the, the the auxiliary services it needs, and that users on another subnet somewhere else are able to access that service, and so on. And so you're going to have different management domains for each of those things, potentially with different data sources for the data that you need to bring that together. So it's it's this idea, I guess, of collecting the the the, the intended state data from multiple places. Um, manipulating them so that they are in the right form to then deploy the change right right so it's so it's apis data transformation all of that good stuff going on the playing out into the change and then the magic when you're coming back to ver verify not just that the individual tasks are successful but the overall outcome is as well right correct correct and 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 that hits upon broadening that view of what you know of what automation really is it includes all those systems because what's what's triggering a lot of these changes right somebody's making opening up a, a change request ticket 
right, in, in an enterprise and saying, I need this new service, or I need to deploy this new application, or I need to connect my, uh, my remote branch to this, you know, to this application. Um, that involves lots of changes across lots of parts of the network, right? Yeah. And so having a view of just making a change in one part of the network doesn't get the job done. Yeah. You've got to do multiple changes. And here's the key. When all those changes are done, if the application doesn't, is not, you know, you can't connect to the application, let's say from the remote office, if that was the request, the end user says it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of whether broke. or not it was a network problem, a firewall problem, yeah. you know, a routing problem. If it doesn't work, then, you know, you, you, you spent all that time yeah. and, and you didn't accomplish that task. Yeah. Right. So we should be looking at that great overall. What are all the changes required? Right. And now all of these domains. Yeah. Um, what are the sources of data? How do we transform that data to in inflict those changes on these different network domains? It might be a control. It could be in the cloud. Could be an SD-WAN controller for your remote office. Could be, you know, CLI changes in your data center, leaf spine switches. All of those things have to be done. And then at the, the you know, the culmination is, does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Does it work? And, and that, of course, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll we'll blow the trumpet at this point because that is, of course, where where IP Fabric steps in and and plays plays a huge part, right? Because we have that visibility across the entire network, so we're able to gather that that a model that view to validate the outcome as being right. This application is is able to be accessed from this location, and everything in the network allows it to. And if it doesn't, if it fails at any stage. We can identify the point at which it's going to fail, and so and so send triggers back right. into the automation process to go fix the issue. And right. and if anyone's if anyone wants to see this in action, we did we had had great fun setting up a demo right for for the tech field day at uh, Cisco Live uh, back in June. Where uh, yeah, there's a there's a really neat demo there. Even though I say so myself, I thought it was um, it was pretty. Well, cool. it also but, hits upon all of these things we've been talking about. But I think that's the important point here, right? Mm -hmm. Is is if this isn't about blowing a trumpet? This is about explaining a problem because once you've that executed that and the state of your network has changed you've then got to think about the sources of truth and and do they accurately then reflect what the network looks like at a point in time because yes you've you've done the change yes it's been successful but there may be changes in the state of the network that aren't necessarily then reflected back into those sources of truth right so then it becomes yes. a, a decision point what do I do with this this assured assurance data from the network to make sure that that everyone has that consistent view of mm -hmm. of what the network looks like at that point in time? Mm -hmm. Decision yes. time. Decision time. So here here's something here's a here's a situation that every network engineer could probably relate to. That that's kind of the the smaller scale version of what we're talking about. Uh, I'm about to I'm about to provision manually provision you know, an IP address or a, on a port, right? I go to the port. It ought to be nothing on it. There's nothing, there should be nothing on it. You know, I'm told this is the next port I can use and there should be nothing on it. But I get on the configuration. I get on the switch or the router. I look at the port. I look at the configuration. Uh-oh, there's something on it. What do I do now? Right? Uh-oh, the, the link is active and it's, it's, it's actively passing data. What, what do I do now? I have a conflict, right? Yeah. I was told... This, this is the port where we're connecting up to this new customer or service or server or whatever it may be. I have the data that I need, but something in the actual state is, is different. So now I have to go back and figure out what to do. Do we, do we define a new port? Is that old, is that an old 
system or service that can that we can overwrite and reuse, right? Those things have to be done. We, yeah. as network engineers, we've, we've run into these problems, of the course. unexpected, right? Um, and this is, I think, a critical insight because when, when folks look at net, uh, network automation, they're looking at how do I automate all these changes on the network, reduce backlog, things like that. But now you have the tools with automation, with sources of truth, and with understanding the operational state of the, the network, all integrated together to now build automations that help identify these these uh, you know conflicts, drifts, yeah. and 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 intelligently do something about it. And that intelligence comes from the networking team, the engineers, right? right. So for us, it's about okay, we know this is going to happen. This is a challenge that's always going to happen. Why, people? <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. make new changes, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we all know at well, three in the morning. Sometimes you make a change. You have to make a change because sometimes the state of the network is, hey, we got to get it up. Yeah. Right. And if that change is now not reinstituted, reinstituted and updated somewhere in your source of truth. And I think I think that's an interesting point in itself, right? Because mm -hmm. here, what what you're talking about is is really, and and I don't want to boil it down to to the D word, but it but it's documentation in in <laughs> to, to some extent, right? It, that, yes, that's what we're talking yes, about here, yes. because that source of truth really should represent the future state documentation of the network. And the, and if that's incorrect for any reason, if there's a if if you have to if you have to have, have manual responsibility for keeping that documentation up to date, it has a knock-on on the quality of your automation, right? Because right. because if you've you've got to rely on the fact, you've got to trust the fact that that documentation is kept up to date, and and ultimately, that's what a source of truth is, right? It's it's a documented state. So if your if your process for updating it is manual. Then you're, um, then you you run into exactly this particular problem, right? So, Correct. so I guess what we're talking about is, as part of your, as part of your automation workflow, what you need to be able to do is lift the the, the resulting state data out of the network, and ensure that that the, the intended state matches that uh, actual state, that observed state, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's and everybody loves good documentation when you're on the, the the side that needs documentation, right? The receiving side, but actually making the documentation is tedious. That's why so much documentation is not updated. It's not done. It's 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 an extra step. It's a replication of data and work that you've already done. So the with automation, building those things, and again, that's part of the broadening out of the 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 understanding of what automation is for for network teams and and all teams in IT, is we should have steps that integrate with that document, that source of truth or that ticketing system to be able to automatically document that. Because here's the thing, if I'm pulling information from a source of truth in regards to how a particular service needs to be provisioned, IP addresses, ports, things like that, VLANs, whatever it may be, if I already have that in the automation, it's just another step to yeah. transform that data, update the ticket, update the source of truth, you know, at a particular step in the automation and boom, and now automate uh, documentation is not tedious, it's up to date. Yeah, and I yeah. would argue if, if, if organizations are going towards a single source of truth as their overall strategy, you know, that's going to be a, even a bigger challenge to keep that up to date. So you're going to have to rely more heavily on automation yeah. to be able to do all those updates and keep that, that, it, that information is, is in sync as possible. Yeah. And it, and it's, and fundamentally, from certainly from from my Tensions perspective, we're talking about getting access to that data over API, right? Because that's yes. that's the key to, to being able to put this together 
into a workflow. You're able to access that 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 observed state um, as well as the intended state over API, and you're able to compare data, do those do that work to say, here's a, here's where stuff's gone out of date. And and in some circumstances, absolutely, all you'll do is just go back and update the that intended uh, state, right? That that source of truth. In other circumstances, you might look and say, actually doesn't look like it looks like we might have to do some more automation to fix this particular state because it's the, the sync is the wrong way right so we need to go back and, and go again and in some cases it's going to need manual intervention and, and you can't really do anything but uh, decide right that data I, I can't just dump it straight into the source of truth because it needs someone to look at it and to to, to be sure what's going on here Absolutely. but of course the, the beauty there is because of the way Attention works, and because your ticketing system is 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 connected to the workflow, you just update the ticketing status, right? To to go and allocate it to someone who can go and do that manual check, and then when they've done the manual check, update the ticket, and it automatically then goes and processes that update in whichever way it needs to. Yeah, absolutely. You've hit upon all of those things. So, so the API integration within Itential, making it easy, making it quick, literally being able to take you know an open API spec from a, a you know a system which publicly you know published and dragging and dropping it into our platform and generating essentially an integration or an adapter um, for accessing those systems opens up that all of those possibilities. Yeah. So it's not just even reading data from you know, a source of truth, but it's also writing data to a source of truth. It's also creating new tickets. It's updating those tickets. It's, you know, and so now, like you said, like automation still requires the intelligence and the expertise of the network team. What we need to do is allow them to build automations quickly and efficiently to express all of that intelligence. And then, then it becomes an iterative process, right? Yeah. Because now I, I run into these changes or these conflicts between intended state, source of truth, and what the actual state is. And, you know, we run into these things. Oh, okay, we know how to handle that. Let's build that intelligence into the into the workflow. You it's, know? it's interesting what you say about the iterative thing there, because because that may got me thinking. I suppose for, for automation to be fully successful, every step of the automation um, needs an automated task, right? You need to be able to 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 carry that out in in a way where you're piecing together automation tasks in order to deliver a complete workflow. But there's nothing stopping you when you have the right uh, approach to having manual steps in there, so long as you're able to then trigger, um, re-trigger the, the continuation of the workflow. So you could almost right. build build the process out. And even if one of the steps might, might require a manual intervention, ultimately, well, you can get to a point where you perhaps run through it a couple of times and realize actually that step can be automated. Correct. You just then drop it into the into the Correct. place in the workflow, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I always think back to the manual process as as you know as a network engineer on a network team. As soon as you identify like how to fix certain problems, I'm also communicating it with the rest of my team. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. we run into that, and this is how you fix that. Automations for networking teams should be the same kind of iterative process. Right. We figure out how to fix that. Let's check to see if that's the 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 the, the, the source of the issue, if that's going to, you know, and you, and you basically are detailing that process in your automation. Yeah. It's just, so having the systems and then making it easy for networking engineers to be able to do that with a, in a low code, no code environment. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I, I, 
I think you've hit hit on something really interesting there, and and I think hopefully give people food for thought that that idea of um, of of having to to validate the data that's that's going to and fro because it's it's key to the whole to the whole process, isn't it? Without without good data, you're going to get a rubbish automation. So yeah, well, yeah, we always say yeah, we right. always say you know you need the best data in order you know, as a, as a, as a piece of having reliable, robust automation, like you would never automate on stale old da data, like that would not, that would probably not end up in a successful, you know, automation result. No. And, and I suspect that's, <laughs> that's what a lot of people struggle with, right. Is, yes. is again, you know, if you're, if your source of truth in the first place, isn't in good state, um, that it doesn't accurately reflect what, what a, what you want the network to be, but b what the network has, has been previously. You're going to really struggle to uh, to deliver anything meaningful. Correct. It, it, yeah, and you'll or you'll always be very limited mm -hmm. in your ability to automate, and and it really it, it starts to become more like a patchwork of automation with humans, uh, you know, pushing buttons behind the scenes. I can, right. uh, you know, I feel safe automating this little tiny task. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when that's done, I have to take the output of that because you know. Or, or, or someone someone's got to actually sit there and press the button to, to run the automation in the first right, place. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and so it shouldn't. That should not. That 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 is a very limiting thing, in you know, if in automation, you shouldn't yeah. have to do that. That's that's not what it's about. So that's why it's important to have that broader view to be able to integrate with these systems to use yeah. that data and manipulate it, and then leverage the data anywhere you can. As you know, you don't have to do everything at once. I'll tell you, as soon as we talk to, uh, you know, prospective customers about how we accomplish, in, you know, making network changes, gathering data, the very next thing is like, hey, wait a minute. I spent a lot of time in service now. What can you do there? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. their yeah. minds are, are wind up, right? Yeah. For, for me, and this is, and, and yeah, because that's very much the space that, that, that we have in the conversations with customers as well, right, is that. There's so much data in the platform, and it's in such a, a strongly structured form that means that there's so many things and so many people, different groups of, of teams, right? So, so it doesn't have to be the network team. It can be the security team. It can be the, the server infrastructure team. It can be the cloud team, as you've alluded to already. All of these folk need access to that data. And so if we can make that data available to them in a, as, as simple a form as possible by bringing it together and combining it uh, from from whichever sources, um, then then it's all good, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and 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 then then it's like being able to make your network your, your automations more efficient. There's a couple of things there too. It's like um, once network teams understand that they can build in you know these very intelligent, robust automations that integrate sources of truth, data can can speak to systems like IP Fabric to understand network state and validate that yes, this is working. Then it's like publishing those automations for self-service catalogs, or maybe the DevOps team is doing some CICD. And now they can build automations and participate in what the rest of, you know, is the rest of the IT, IT organization is doing in, in, in publishing those, those automations. And I, and I guess as well, uh, making those, the, the outputs from those clear as well, right? By, by putting them into, uh, I don't know, chat, rooms and and oh sure and, sure. and you know th those sorts of things and sending emails and that kind of stuff we just, yeah. just but publishing out the results of that those automations as well yes correct yeah well i can 
you know, I can tell you. I was going to um, say that sounds like a whole nother story. <laughs> There's right a whole there. other thing, but it's such yeah. an important thing having communications between teams, sure. especially like with with network operations teams, right? Those yeah. guys are tasked with making sure the network's running, you know. And if you're about to do some work on the network, how often? I'm guilty. I'm going to use myself as the example, but as the scapegoat here. But how often at 3 a.m. things aren't going quite you know, well, or you've got so much work to do. I didn't tell the network operations team I'm about to start, right? They should already know, right? They should yeah, already yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I can actually tell them I'm starting and here's specifically what I'm doing when I'm doing it and how I'm doing it, that no, not that communication, it makes, you know, everything run more efficiently, efficiently. And maybe, you know, uh, it helps them to understand subsequent impact on the network, sure, right? Sure. So they can handle that. They can front end any calls that happen, right? They it's don't bother you about it. Uh, it makes everything more efficient. So even if, something event small like Slack and all that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is a big efficient, and it's all about efficiency, yeah. right? And, and I think that's the other thing too. Is it's it's ro it's really interesting to see how our customers get very clever and make things more efficient yeah. in, in in their automation. And, and and something like IP Fabric, I'll tell you what. Here's something that comes up all the time, and it's such a simple thing. Um, how do I find a MAC address on my network? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to do it manually, right? Or even yeah. in an automated way, I have to look at the, you know, I have to, I have to look at all the, the MAC address tables on my That's switches. It. That's start one way to do it. Start, so you start logging in and you start, yeah. you start crawling that network because that's the okay. only way you're going to do it. Is there a way to make that more efficient? <laughs> I know one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, so it's also yeah. looking at ways of being more efficient. And when you can become, you know, when you can start tweaking your automations to become more efficient, yeah. you know, over time, again, that's more of a, Let's using, get an automation done and now yeah, let's, you know. Using let's, whatever data sources are exactly, available. Again, right? It's exactly. that thing of going, because, and, and I appreciate we're, uh, we, we're blowing the time here. It's, but this we're, what we're, happens we're, when we're we start talking. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, you mentioned SDN controllers and stuff before, but mm -hmm. you could even regard those as, as sources of truth. Of course. Well, right? because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of what they are, do is represent what you want to deliver in a part of the network. And it may be instead of having, a split of certain types of data in certain repositories. What you might have is the same type of data in multiple places, depending which part of the network you're talking about. Because of course, no network is one network. Everything is is a, a network of networks, right? Right, and each, right. Each domain of the network has its own management approach and its its own processes, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those so, controllers, yeah, they can be looked at as a source of truth, like for inventory, right? They're going to know, your SD-WAN controller is going to know which SD-WAN routers and devices are on the network. Why? Because it has to be provisioned right. through the controller in order for it to actually work. So, yeah. you know, that's, and that's something we can access and even relate back to a database, right? If, if you want to go that route and relate that and going back to automating and understanding the differences between the two. That's, that's all good stuff. Um, Rich, I have burned a lot of your time, and I, uh, I, I I don't plan on keeping you too much longer. I was just wondering if you've got any other um, uh, any any gems of of uh, knowledge that you might want to share with people before we uh, before we stop. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think just kind of recapping what we've talked about. Um, if you're on a networking team and you know you're looking at automation, um, you're probably looking at you know tools like python or or um, ansible those seem to be the ones that always pop up and there's a you know there's a a very big skills gap to learn how to do automation correctly in, in those environments 
Um, take a look at Itential. We are custom built and, and engineered to allow networking teams to build automations exactly the way you want to translate that inf information in your head into a, a canvas where you can start to automate across not just your you know, CLI-based network, but through a controller, cloud, wherever it may be, and integrate all these systems. And here's the cool thing. Um, we understand that integration is a two-way street, right? So if you already have that, you know, that really, uh, that really uh, rare network engineer who also has picked up Ansible or has picked up uh, Python and is writing you know, automation scripts, we can integrate that into the system. So it literally becomes an, another step in a task. And so you don't have to throw any of that away. Awesome. And so it gives you the best of both worlds. And now, now not just that one person or maybe that couple of people on the team that know how to leverage those particular tools can do automation. It's really everybody on the team can now start to use automation and use the tools and the, and the utilities and the programs they've already created. And that's why we say we want to meet, you know, those networking teams where they're at, but then we want to progress them on that journey. Let's, let's integrate that all of those sources of truth. Let's, let's make sure we uh, build the right pre-checks and post-checks and include, you know, systems and tools like IP fabric that make that part of it much more efficient. Because again, at the end of the day, even every network engineer knows it's just got to work. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. when, when a change request comes in, the end result is it's got to work. It's got to work the way we intended. Uh, perfect. Great way to close. Thank you very much for your Thank time, you. Richard. So, uh, and I love that you got all the all the buzzwords in that last segment. And uh, no, it's awesome. It's really good. Well, that's but that's the, the technical marketing. The technical part marketing of my... engineer, right there. No, it's <laughs> of my role, but yeah. No, yeah. thank thank you for your time, mate. It's always good to talk, of course. Always, and, Darren. Thank uh, you yeah, very much. We'll uh, we'll hopefully speak again soon. But uh, absolutely, that's it for this episode. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. See ya.